Hello and welcome to Films and Swearing, episode 252. It's recording straight out of Fife, Scotland. I am your host, Stuart Sutherland, and joining me tonight, the foul mouth master chef himself, Magic Mike Christie. Hello. How's it going? Aye. No bad, man. No bad, loving away. Uh, so, upon recording this episode, I guess sort of the biggest thing we've got happening to us right now, you know, other than like the, the world pandemic, is Denise Villeneuve has dropped the Mammoth trailer to June. A fucking chunky three minute trailer showing off his very expensive looking fucking space opera with with Timothy Chalamet and fucking easily one of the most star-studded casts. We made those jokes last year that Orkunt and his Doug is in this movie. And when you see that trailer... Literally, literally there's a Doug there as well. I mean, a full (laughs) Yeah, like everybody in a sandworm, you mean? Aye, exactly. And a fucking a very expensive looking sandworm it was. Man, I reckon it it sure does look big, expensive, and very much looks like one of his films. But it's also June, and like it was. <sighs> I know. Oh, it was fine. Maybe I reckon maybe this will be better. But like, be prepared for. Has to be at least two hours, um, because it's a two part. The thing, the thing, the thing that I read was, a, was a, like allegedly is that it's going to be split into two films, so yeah, he can tell like a better story than what fucking uh, David Fincher did. Right, David Fincher, uh, uh, Lynch, David Lynch. Aye, aye, and that's it. I can't can you decide who, like who to blame it on for it. The the last movie with Kyle McLaughlin, the David Lynch one, was like, is it is it the story for just being that that weird, or is it David Lynch for being that weird? Because he's equally weird in his own right. Like since June, I have watched like Wild at Heart and Blue Velvet, and it's oh he's a weird guy, he is a weird guy, mm. uh, but polarizing like definitely he's. He's unique in the films that he does. I couldn't get into Twin Peaks. I, I, I was on Netflix ah, for like a minute that. and I got two or three episodes in. It was just, I reckon it just couldn't click. But now, like, I, 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 I can never, like, Dennis or Denise, I keep wanting to say Denise. Is it? No. But, like, Denise uh, Villeneuve, I fucking love his films. There's, I was uh, going to say nine times out of ten, but I don't think I've found one that I don't like yet. There is a bunch I, I haven't only, seen. There's only two that I've not seen, and that's Enemy and Incendies. That's the only ones I've not seen. Mm-hmm. I'm probably the same. There might be more. But yeah, I have been looking out for the Jake Gyllenhaal one Enemies. Because he, he hasn't done a bad film yet. I did watch Blade Runner 2049. Uh, at the beginning of this week and again it's mm. just one of those like he's got like all the money to play with and all the special effects on hand it's such a trippy film and even like the music mm. the score like folk are giving um, Christopher Nolan a hard time for sound mixing <laughs> and we've got like Blade Runner and it's just it's almost like a motorbike being revved and it's just so loud, but there's mm-hmm. no kind of talking at least at that point. Because it's a uh, it's Hans Zimmer that's doing the score for this one. Oh, it's gonna be crazy. Mm. And that is definitely this year. It hasn't been pushed. Well, I was reading a couple of wee interesting things on Twitter before started recording. Mm-hmm. Apparently, is it, is it Warner Bros. that are releasing Wonder Woman? Yeah. Warner Bros. want to push back Wonder Woman to November. Right. Possibly December, which means that June would get pushed back to next year. What, like and a January, February? Mental. 
Ah, uh, I don't know. So, it is weird. Okay, it, it's September now, and I feel it was it was a December window it had, didn't it? I think. Oh, it's, it's, it's from December anyway. Yeah, so it's like. It's December not, the 18th, that's what it's the not for like the case of, oh, it's too short notice. But, like, remember when they were uh, advertising Solo and it had its set release date and there was, like, no trailer and it felt like it was weeks before the film came out. They finally threw trailers out and it just, it never landed as big as it should have. And you just think, uh, man, if you hold back on your trailers and teasers and... Like I feel like no one's gonna see your film, but in this case, I think that might also this might be a big draw to people. This for like cinema goers, like you don't need to be hardcore science fiction fan. Like they're not reaching for them. It it's fucking like cinema. Like this is gonna be Oscar nominated stuff. Like mm. just for the, like the sheer like achievement in filmmaking. Yeah, that just looks like a wild ride. Uh, and it looks I'm still like... no, I'm still no hundred percent sold on it. Like halfway, obviously, like, like me and you both one there fan of the original. Yeah, and and I mean, if if Levin gets that, I probably wouldn't see it. Aye, that's it. Um, and the thing is, it, from what we see in the trailer, it does look. Like it's very close to the David Lynch movie, like where you have Timothy Chalamet's the, character. The shield, yeah, like the, the blocky. Well, the graphics in the David Lynch one were far scarier, but it's like, <laughs> well, now we've got like the the technology at hand to make it look more sensible, more realistic. But the training sequences looked real. Well, looked a a lot more professional or easier on the eye and I like how they've teased uh, still in Skarsgård's character Cause Aye, what cause was it? The bad, it who was oh, I can't remember the actor from the first one but it was he was just kind of like this big ginger toad if Aye, anything the, the Baron. The yeah there was only two shots of him in that trailer I saw like one where it kind of looked like he was in like a bathhouse, or there was like this steam around him, and he was kind of just talking, looking over his shoulder. And then the other one looked like he was climbing out of a mud bath, and that's where he kind of got to see the mass of him. Mm. So they're not going all out showing you this grotesque figure. But the only other stunning thing from the trailer is they've got like a, a beardless. Um, Holy fuck, what's Aquaman's name? Jason Momoa. Oh, um, Momoa, yeah. They've got him with, like, no facial hair and this big fuck-off nose. <laughs> I've never noticed before. <laughs> I'm sticking if I'm ready for a three-hour spice extravaganza. Oh, I know. And that's it, they repeated the dialogue, eh? Like, fear is the mind killer, and they even had uh, the thing where he put his hand in the box. I'm tempted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm almost tempted to revisit David Lynch's one. Like, there's this one charity shop I go into about once a week. And I feel like from the even the beginning of the lockdown up until now, for when the shop's been open, this copy of June has always been on the shelf. Just collecting dust. And it's, <laughs> it's in like... Collecting spice. <laughs> I didn't want to open the case in case all that shit pours out. But it's <laughs> it's in a like ten DVDs for one pound sale, and it still hasn't moved. It's literally worth <laughs> ten pence, sign. and Nikon wants it. And the thing is, it has its hardcore audience. There is a fan base for these movies. Like they wouldn't studios wouldn't back hundreds of millions for Denise to make his version uh, of it. Like there's a there's an audience was... out there. That's what I was saying like last night. Like my fucking boss loves it and loves the book as well. Mm. And, I, and I just keep saying to him, I just couldn't, couldn't get in here. Aye. But we'll wait and see. 
But anyway, we're not going to keep rattling on about June. Tonight we're going to be talking about something very different. Something very 90s. We're going to be discussing Thomas... How do we say this second name? Shalam? S-C-H-L-A-M-M-E? So, yes, uh, Thomas Slams. It feels like I'm one of his slams. I'm going to get a lisp trying to pronounce his name, but this director, he directed So I Married an Axe Murder, and that is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Mike Myers, uh, Nancy Travis, Honey Bunny for Pulp Fiction, and a whole bunch of other cunts. Let's have a little look into it. It's from the year 1993. As we mentioned, the director, Thomas, he has 63 directing credits altogether. And it turns out that So I Married an Axe Murderer was his, like I think, first and last feature film he directed. Uh, and the rest of it is purely TV episodes and TV movies. Uh, it, was, it was penned by writer Robbie Fox. He has 10 writing credits, including Shooting Elizabeth, Playing for Keeps with Big Gerard Butler, and his uh, most recent credit is Granddaddy Daycare. Oh, Remember God. Daddy Daycare? Somehow they've, they made two of those, didn't they? Ah, there was... Daddy Daycare and there was... That was like Eddie Murphy. Then Aye. they sequeled it with Cuba Gooden Jr. Mm, I don't think I've seen the sequel, but I've seen uh, the first one. There was another dude called, I think it was like Reno Smith, or uh, seems to be the main character, but I think the focus of the film is on big old Danny Trejo. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting one. But, uh, no. yeah... The film stars Mike Myers as Charlie McKenzie and Stuart McKenzie, Nancy Travis as Harriet Michaels, Anthony LaPagalia as uh, Tony Gardino, Amanda Plummer as Rose Michaels, Brenda Fricker as May McKenzie, Matt Doherty as Heed. And that's all, who you all need to know about. Forget about the rest of them. Mike. What's the plot? Uh, a San Francisco poet who is absolutely terrified of commitment falls in love with a, a local butcher who he may suspect uh, kills uh, a husband on a honeymoon. So, man, uh, I'll no bother asking you if this was the first time because this is a piece of childhood nostalgia for us. Both me and you Mm -hmm. are well aware of this movie. We've seen it countless times back in the day. But now, let's fast forward. It's been 10, 15 years maybe uh, since I've seen it last. Uh, How about yourself? I watched it, I reckon it was maybe last year, the year before this, because I just randomly come across it on uh, Cody Hike and I was like, oh, fuck up. I'll watch it. I haven't watched it in ages. Aye. And what's your opinion on it? Yeah, I still, still have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like, like you're saying, it's part of your childhood, if you want. Because I still remember, like, I'm pretty sure when I first seen it was when, I think when you used to go up to the cottage with your mum and dad. Aye. I Beth used to look after the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was on telly one night we were sitting watching it. Pretty sure that's the first time you ever seen it. Right. Yeah, I. For me, as I said, it's been a good while since I've seen it, and when watching it, like when we decided, I mean, what brought us to this episode was I think was it not like a a clip on Facebook or a a gif, and it was just the father Stuart McKenzie. I think it was like a highlight reel of him, and I was <laughs> like, that's enough. That's that's like caught my my curiosity again. Fuck it, I'll buy the DVD. Let's watch this one. And now I think if I had rose tinted glasses, but I've I've seen uh, flaws is a heavy word, but I still really enjoy this film. 
but there's parts of it that kind of rub me the wrong way now. I'm not sure if it's All maybe right. today with like Michael Myers' character, but I always feel that like now Charlie's coming across as almost pretentious. I reckon if that's maybe a trait that you kind of associate with poets, but just for the start, his whole uh, woo man, whoa man. Like, this whole thing there. I think if it's, that's just poetry, Stuart. That's what they're all like. But uh, I it just, I again, I feel like a big part of this film was kind of focused on saying, hey, it's Mike Myers. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants. He's funny. He's going to constantly spew out gold. Let's just let him do what he wants. And part of me, it took me out of it. Yet, when you get scenes with the family and his fucking pal Tony, like, it's brilliant. Mm. So, we'll go through it. I've taken, I've taken notes, like, just as I watch the film. And we'll just compare that to yours. And we'll just fucking go through it that way, man. So, Aye. Um, even at the start, I loved that introduction. It just reminded me of how many times I watched it as a kid. Where it's kind of like a naked gun, where it's like the from the perspective of the, like the police car as it went oh, through all these yeah, different places, and this it's one's a, a big fucking uh, cappuccino. Like we're seeing its journey from being picked up off a table to going through the dishwasher, getting served up another cappuccino and then delivered to the leading man, our main character Charlie, and he's just. Cracking wise right away, where it's he's talking about, it's, oh, I ordered a large, hello, and I think it's maybe every time he, he drops the word hello, I'm like, oh, okay, I does that, does that quite a lot, yes, and it's like it wears, it gets less funny as it goes on, but I feel like it was a crutch he used once too many, but it's the fact that his pal is dressed like a 70s pimp. Trying to be an undercover oh, cop, totally. and it's just like, oh man, he's actually quite funny in this film. Oh, I, I'm smashing Ah, exactly. Fucking fit that role, But it's the dynamic between him and his um his boss. I'm going to jump right to him then now. Uh, Alan, Alan Arkin. Aye, Alan Arkin. Yeah. Uncredited as well. Exactly. I was going through on IMDb and it's like, I'm fucking positive that's Alan Arkin. And I was swiping, swiping, swiping. And you get to the bottom and there was no credit. It's like, okay. Fair enough. But I just love this dynamic where it's, they're playing on the actual, like, typical movie trope where every cop's got this uh, hard-headed, ball-busting chief who fucking calls him all these racial slurs and they'll have his guts for garters, and this guy's the opposite. He's like the most easygoing, happy to see you, boss. And he's not asking for a hug at one point. Eh? Exactly. And fucking Tony's like, no, no, no. Can't you be like the movies? Can't you just like bust my balls? Call me like a fucking spaghetti eating paisas and like just give him uh, all this ammo. Like, Come on, be my chief. Chew me out when I do a bad job. So, nah, man, come on, come on, bring it in. We cuddle. And it's like, ah, oh, Alan Arkin's gold. Ah, I like Alan Arkin, right? Aye. Um, but it is, like, this film is always going to be remembered with the fact that uh, Stuart and William Mackenzie. I like how IMDb mm. just, like, class him as Heat. The boy's got a name. Aye. And it's William. But they're easily he my favourite parts of this plays, movie. Uh, the boy that plays uh, William, he... I'll only notice the name of him Maybe He played Averman in fucking The Mighty Ducks. Aye, I... The, the, the fuzzy hair and the glasses. Right. See, I need to... Now that I am a, a Disney Plus subscriber, I will need to revisit those films because I do remember having them on a long play tape back in the day. Um, but yeah, it makes perfect sense. He was a kid in the nineties. Of course, he could be thrown in with a big ensemble cast in a hockey film, 
Um, but yeah, he's he's never been like too noticeable in films. I think these have uh, kind of been his big ones, like the Mighty Ducks franchise and this. But oh, it's the dialogue, and of course, like Stuart McKenzie, also played by uh, Michael Myers. And I'm trying to think, because obviously he, he he's similar to Eddie Murphy in this sense where he likes to do like the dual roles, because obviously mm. he done it here. But I feel like this was almost like a tester for like Austin Powers, where it gets taken to the extreme. Because you had uh, him with what was it, Fat Bastard? Was it the third one? It was Goldmember. Was his name just Goldmember? Aye. Or name, but it was yeah. like it was just Mike Myers playing everyone, much like Eddie Murphy when he was doing Incoming America. And yeah, and the same with like uh, Natty Professor was the one I was thinking of. But oh yeah, he fucking drove it into the ground with the other ones. Eh? Like what was it, Norbit? What was the one where he was a Chinese I f- guy? Ah, fucking love Norbit, and I will stand on that hill alone. <laughs> I fucking hate a good time in Norbit it's wrong it's completely fucking wrong like it would never get made the day you know, because when he plays like the role of the Chinese guy and yeah. it's it's very fucking typecast and all that but fucking yeah ah, I had a good time with it and that's I've just never seen it myself but it's just one of those ones where I was like oh god because it's just well I was when I was reading up the trivia of the day and stuff uh, the character uh, Stuart uh, Mike Myers used him on Saturday Night Live. All before, right. Like before the film, but he had a he had a different surname. Eh? Aye. That's interesting. He had like he had like had like had still like the Scottish accent. Aye. That, but I need to actually fucking look at the what do you call it. Like the actual sketch and see when he used them, what he used them for. Ah, exactly. That stuff should exist on YouTube, you'd imagine. But it's it's his dialogue. It's just all gold. Like where he's sitting watching the football with Tony and every time the lorry sits in front of the telly, he's oh, look at him. It's like an orange on a toothpick. (laughs) And it's like... I know, it's fucking... And it's just all like... To the point where he winds him up that much. And he says, oh, look him. He's like Sputnik. He's like, huge, orbitous, but strangely shaped. And the mum's <sighs> giving him shit. And the lorry walks away and says, aye, maybe I'd turn it a bit far with that one. He'll go crying to his pilly the night. His massive pilly. <laughs> and it's just like, fuck's sake. It's I do, all... like, I, I fucking, I do love like that. Like the scene with the introduction to the parents and that when he goes to the butcher shop and picks up the haggis and stuff. And Aye. Fucking was it a watching the dad and Tony's watching like the World Cup. Aye, and he's fucking that da- I think in uh, the music he's dancing to, but he's doing fucking the bass city rollers. Ah, he's doing the fucking Scottish like the wee Highland the dance. dance and then the kicks. Aye. It's like okay. And he's sitting drinking fucking, was it McEwen's Lager as well? Aye, McEwen's Esport. Aye. Aye. And he's right, we get He's definitely Scottish. You're ticking all the boxes. But, oh, I've just looked up some of his quotes. And it's all his fucking... he's talking about this fucking, like, the conspiracy thing. And the fucking Gettys and all that. Aye, and then it's like, uh, the Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders... Before he went tits up. And I said, Dad, how can you hate the colonel? It's like, because he puts an addictive chemical in the chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly. Smart arse. I know, it's fucking gold, man. It's, it's the way he fires it off. I was not doing it just as there, but fuck, he, he nails it. And it's one of these things where it's like, you're hearing Shrek as well, come to think of it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he wanted a Scottish accent for Shrek. I think that was like... Supposedly, like big news back in the days, like they recorded the movie and then they he changed his mind and wanted to record all the dialogue again, but with a Scottish accent. And you just hear it coming through. Oh, I want that Shrek. I want like the foul mouth Shrek where he just Aye. looks at it like <laughs> donkey pants now. 
But oh, Stuart oh, McKenzie's fucking it's, it's my favourite. Camera like. When the camera like zooms in, he's got big fucking milk bottle glasses and that. Eh? <laughs> all he was needing, all he was needing was a bald head and a beautiful belly. Oh fucking yes! <laughs> oh, and the fucking the bright yellow Rangers top, and I, I'd see it, mm. but fuck. Um, Best fucking like, why else? I'd, like the other thing I do like about it is like you didn't really get. Like she's busy for like get her hands around Tony and all that when she's like kissing him when he's leaving the house. Aye, aye, the mum's got yeah, a wee. Aye. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're all him. growing up. And it's at the wedding where she's fucking aye. trying to fucking check his <laughs> prostate. Right, fucking manhunt. Oh, what the fuck? Just, aye. And he's fucking squirming, trying to fucking <laughs> get away from her whilst fucking Stuart's day in karaoke with a piper. Mm. And <laughs> it's just like pipe bagpipe solo, and the boy goes for it, and then he just collapses. And it's like Piper down, Piper down, Piper down. Don't worry about him; he's just pissed. <laughs> but um, I fucking get that. It's new. Let's see our leading lady, uh, Harriet, as played by was it Nancy Travis. Uh, yeah, like this was kind of like what I'd say from my limited knowledge of her filmography was probably her prime time because she was just kind of like this adorable nineties actress where she was ending up in all these great films. You had her in the Three Men and a Baby, like films as like the the mother to the baby. Uh, oh fuck! I saw she was. I thought I forgot about that. Yeah, so she. I forgot she was in like, that. She's in both of those movies, and then obviously she's in this. But it was just one of these ones where she was this kind of adorable character, but the fact that she's like this butcher and Charlie right away, like obviously just couldn't contain himself around her. He was all giggly and nervous and mm. just constantly kind of like doing little skits. I mean the the montage, which I've just described as uh, "This is how funny I am" at the butcher's montage, where she's kind of overwhelmed. Oh, when she's uh, she's really busy, and it is just <clears throat> like a highlight reel of him just fannying about at the butcher's. And I'm pretty sure she should have just picked up an axe. Like, right, could you fucking? St- Cut it out and just help me rather than massaging the fucking pork shoulder. That's the fucking bit where he walks out of like the fucking Asian couple with like hand missing. Oh, he's like, I need to see and the I, nurse. It's like, it's like I've had an accident in shock. Aye. <laughs> uh, uh, and how can, like, this must, it, it's 1993, so we've already had Wayne's World 1 and 2. Because I think Aye. Wayne's World was 89. Aye. And the other one was either 91. I'm certain. Um, so Mike Myers is still red hot. So I feel like I, like... I would find it hard to believe if this was... Like Mike Myers was following the script to the word. I would not be surprised if there's a fair chunk of ad-libbing going on. Because oh, that wouldn't have to be. Exactly. It's Michael Myers. Uh, he's red hot. Saturday Night Live. Wayne's World. Like He's huge. And he's in this romantic comedy with like a twist to it. And it was like, just let him go. Let him do his own thing. This is what people want. This is all the shit we'll put in the trailer. Look at him just being silly and funny. You'll love it. And it, it does. It works. But sometimes I'm like, man... I feel like he's got, he's like, he's trying to prove something, but in the 90s, it's clearly the fucking stage where, like, he's, like, the golden child. He doesn't need to prove shit. He could have played this film straight mm. if he wanted to. But it was like when you had them doing that uh, double date with Tony, and it's again, he's, he's doing the joke about what's the worst scenario to be in, and he's like, you've had two expressos and like uh, bran muffins and you're caught in traffic and he's like hello hello and he just starts doing that again I'm like 
Oh, come on now. Can anyone remember should have been like his actual character name? <laughs> but I mean, there there's quite a fair few uh, known faces show up for like Aye, one yeah, scene. There is. Like there is. Uh, Phil Hartman, uh, Alcatraz. Is the uh, Alcatraz uh, tour guide? Yeah, the Vicky's name is Vicky or something. Eh? Aye, like dead serious. Like he's fucking like an extra out uh, Full Metal Jacket. <sighs> With the way he's telling his stories. And fucking Charlie can't help but make a wee joke and then he just stares at him. He's like, you, no, you don't understand how crazy this shit is. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, Amanda Plummer playing uh, hey, Harriet's, Harriet's sister. sister. And the the introduction where he walks into the shower and it's like the wrong woman because he's obviously had his... Hey, like, she, like, she doesn't even bat an eyelid. Aye. Like she doesn't even like, seem to fucking like scream or anything. It's him that just kind of like. It's I him mean, that screams. Where he goes, oh god, whoa, whoa, and just runs it through. We should have done We should have just opened the door and seen him and be like, hello. Exactly. Like just him, yeah, big loud reaction. She could have screamed, then he would have just ran off. But. Oh, it was. I can't even. Did, was there actually. Nah, there wasn't nudity in that scene, was there? Nah. Nah, I was going to say, it's. This film was like a 15, the, wasn't it? I think like, the only thing we get is like when he goes to like cuddle uh, the pal. Oh, it's his nudity, yes. And, Cheeks. Ah, and his fucking toe, his like, toe falls. Yep. Because um, that's, I think, there might even just be like one F-bomb in this film as well. Like I'm pretty uh, sure it's quite close towards the end. He'd, uh, I can't yeah. remember. When the review when happens. Yes. When the review happens. Aye. You're right. I'll tell you what, the thing that I found quite funny about the film was that, like, when he's in the house with his mum and he's, like, she's talking to her about this fucking juice tiger thing and he has a conversation saying he's split up with whatever his ex can from us at the time. Yeah. And then she, like, brings out this worldwide newspaper. Oh, fuck. And Everyone's seen one of those. Fucking adamant that. It's the actual paper. Exactly. And it just reminds me of like, the Sunday sport that it used to get. Aye. With fucking Bat Boy on it. Mm-hmm. It totally looks like that type of paper. Because <laughs> what is it fucking... What was it? The, the front cover was like the, the a pregnant man gives birth or something. Aye. And you're and just she like... She thinks what? everything that's in is gospel. Exactly. And that's, and that's when she starts reading the story about um, this Mrs. X... Aye, because what was the three husbands? It was a uh, Ralph, was Ralph like a the plumber. Arts, uh, aye, Ralph the then plumber. There, there was, was a martial arts expert. A martial arts expert, and it was like a man <sighs> from Atlantic City. Aye, and it's it is great. I do like the story where it kind of sets this up, and then when he goes on these dates with her, and it starts ticking all the boxes, like the giant post of Atlantic City, all the Chinese aye. martial arts weapons. And screaming Ralph in her sleep. Yeah. It's like, it's just slowly piecing it together in his head. And of course, Obdi thinks he's fucking crazy because he thinks he's dating a lassie that's been uh, written about in the worldwide news. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, as well, like fucking, like, also paranoia starts kicking in when he's reading this. Here's a story on the news about how, like, this uh, person, like, poisoned her husband and all that, and she comes in with his new fucking, like, orange drink or whatever. Oh, yeah, the health and shake. He's like, aye. And he fucking locks his cell in the fucking cupboard. I do like that gag. It's stupid, but it's just... Oh, and then... <laughs> where the door slams, and then whatever shelf gives way, and it fucking fills it from the bottom to the top, and you can't even see him after it. <sighs> That's a nice gag. Um, The... The note I've got following that is like the wee Kramer for Seinfeld. Aye, that's Se- where Seinfeld. And that's where he goes to the picture, Exactly, and it's like, like a fucking scene stealing cameo. Cause Aye, he's, he's making all the total shitty jokes and all that. Exactly, a bit. Because uh, what was it? It's like the guy loves his job too much, you go down the train. 
and or you end up in the drain and it's just it is it's tasteless jokes but it's just the wind up his pal who is another familiar uh, looking cunt like i remember him for friends as like the the landlord or something but i bet he's done a whole other uh, rake of films but it was just he's just doing all this shit uh, just creamer that you know it's creamer that you know it's the mess exactly and of course, fucking Charlie speaks, and he's just—it's just his constant badgering about uh, what, what the wife exactly. He's like, "Tell me, tell me this." It's all right, okay. I'm a shitty human being. I'm sorry, and he just—it just breaks <laughs> up. He just, and it's like not even that at all. It's like just I'm, does does he have a wife? It's okay, I'm an absolute shitty person, and the. The dude with the moustache, Mike Haggerty, I think his name is, nails it on the head. He's like, he was my ride home. Like, you just cost me my lift. And then just <laughs> actually just fucking roared out laughing. Just with his deadpan reactions. Like, thanks. Now I'm going to have to get a fucking bus. Thanks, pal. <laughs> oh, it was priceless. And it is. It just This film has like great moments. It's like when other folk are stealing the scenes, funnily enough, but it's my next note is when uh, Ralph shows up, because it was still yeah. always, it was always a mystery where Charlie's like, okay, maybe she is a killer. No, maybe she isn't. And then like Ralph shows up. Okay, the famous Ralph. And for a split second, I thought it was Linda Hamilton. She does look a bit like her. Eh? She does, eh? Like she's just fallen right out of a fucking Terminator film. But she just she's in just for that one scene, just to kind of throw him off the scent and then of course gets his arse out and mm. it's just it moves on for there but um I feel like I'm just planning I do like I do I do like the bit when uh, he takes Harriet to the family. Yes and, and like fucking uh, like no wearing any pants and then he goes and like puts, puts his hand on her shoulder. Oh, and she fucking, uh, she fucking rips uh, it out. And he's like, oh, I like this one. <laughs> but even the, the mum, like, she's like the ideal woman. So, of course, everyone just fucking falls for her. Can't think if she even interacted with William or not. Nah. He was just saying to get the fucking trousers. Hmm. Because um, like, even because the mum was that, uh, was that Brenda Fricker, eh? Mm. Because then it kind of cuts to like the the wedding anniversary, like the party, the meal, Aye. and it's he's all doing like these grand. What's it? Stuart McKenzie's doing like a big speech, and I think it kind of triggers Charlie to like propose to uh, Harriet. That's overshadowed really by the fact that the next scene is that wedding scene with the Stuart doing the Scottish karaoke and of course Aye. the mum trying to check get a couple <laughs> slip a finger up Tony's arse. Uh, uh, then you can just it's, is, it, is it before then? Is, is it before the wedding or after the wedding? It's after the wedding. Eh? When fucking the Tony's captain like kicks the door. Yes, aye, that's my and next gives note. Him his wee fucking, and gives him his wee like fucking like wee Start like, dream that he wanted. Exactly, starts busting his balls, giving him all this shit, and as he leaves, and then Tony turns around like wanting to give him notes and say that was brilliant, you're doing this that, and it's, it's almost like an acting class. Alan becomes all insensitive. Like, Sensitive, going, oh, Addy, can and was that a bit too much? I feel like I felt bad shouting at you. I said, no, 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 you're doing great. You're doing great. And it comes out again. He fucking tries a bit more. It's like, oh, you're a bit much. Like, tone down like all the racial slurs and like a mouth was just let's calm it down. It's like, okay, right, I'll work on it. And it's like, what? So you got what you wanted, exactly. And it's it was like a good payoff to just like that running gag of. The boss is too soft. And here he is. Here's the boss that you've always wanted. And it's just like where he fucking kicks his feet off the desk and is fucking hitting him with the newspaper. And the guy's like absolutely shitting it for a minute. 
and it's like through doing all that is like revealing that wait a minute you're right Mrs. X could be Harriet and you fucked up because the other guy it was like a fake out eh? we all kind of thought it was uh. going to be Harriet and then it's like, oh no the body turned up blah 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 and he forgets a bit he commits he marries her and then the reveal is no she maybe is actually the murderer and he's in like this constant fucking state of right I need to get to the hotel as soon as possible. And then he's on this fucking plane during a fucking storm and the fucking guy flying oh, no, just no. keeps nodding off. He's on the Triforce. And he starts telling him all fucking, these stories. I thought the pilot looks familiar, but I looked him up and he doesn't. There's no anybody that I recognise. Aye. And that's a, did you see that great shot when like they pull up to the hotel, um, Charlie and Harriet, and it's like a matte painted background. They're just kind of making it look like they're arriving to like the house in Clue. Like just kind of like, oh, there's something like I got a fucking I got like psycho like Yes, ah, like, like, totally. It did. It kind of gave and you that edge of like something. Fucking, it was a weird, weird hotel that we're at. Like, oh, it felt like fucking watching like there was a that was towards the end. There was a couple. There was a couple there that were celebrating like, their 30th anniversary and all that. And like, obviously, he's, he's panicking as well. But then yeah, you've got all the hotel staff call, that are so, like, oh, come on. And they all love honeymooners. And, like, here's the wedding <sighs> chair. And obviously, he's got these big rictus grins, like the concierge and <laughs> everyone. And all the fucking guests are all trying to shove them to their room. And Charlie's fucking climbing the walls to get out of the building. When the Tony phones him, and then the, like, the power cuts off. Aye. And then he thinks that's his like chance to escape, and then when the power goes back on, he's standing next to Harriet. <laughs> it's when like you get the big reveal that it's actually the fucking crazy sister, and uh, Harriet had nothing to do with it. And it's like the chase sequence they have, because mm. Tony shows up quite quick. He gets in there, and of course he goes to fucking arrest um, Harriet first, because he still assumes it's her. And they got Aye. that great interrogation scene, where Tony's trying oh, to interrogate, the and there's Charlie and Rose on the roof, and Charlie's hanging, and Rose is trying to chop his fingers off. And every <sighs> time she takes, like, swings the axe down, he moves, and just goes, thum! And you hear him go, oh! Yeah! Oh! And you kind of like you like you're jumpy because once fucking Tony gets off the fucking plane, tries to come and a car. Oh, and Charles and Groden shows up. Charles Groden, and he's just a totally like, deadpan fucking like. I I was like, like demeanor like 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 not like you, not you know in this car. I was wanting the camera to pan out and see if he had a dog in the back seat. Could you fucking imagine though? If fucking. In the back of the seat was fucking FBI agent Mosley. Fuck it. <laughs> I was going. To... Or 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 a uh, Jack Walsh. Aye, ah, that's what I was expecting. Fucking handcuffed. Fucking De Niro handcuffed in the back seat. Because no, we're busy. We're in another film. Leave us alone. Get another car. And it's when they're fucking driving to the hotel. Like Tony's like tapping his fingers on the on the dashboard. The guy's like, can you just like not do that? How do you not like that? And say, no, I normally love it when people do that. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's so fucking deadpan. Eh? And it's just like, oh, this is uncomfortable. <sighs> but oh, he, he is, you're right. He is a fucking like another great fucking cameo in this film. It's just the, that gag where Rose is trying to chop his hands, and it cuts back to Tony and Harriet interrogating, and you just hear like the commentary in the background of. The axe thumping and Charlie going, whoa. And it's just, it's, it's just, she's like, that's him upstairs on the roof. Aye, and that's it. She's just trying to tell him, and it just doesn't click. And then it gets to the the point where, obviously, he tries to get away and he ends up catching his balls on the roof. There's like that little chimney pipe. Ah, yeah. And he just slides through and goes, whoop. And that was, he's like, <laughs> one of my earliest memories of that movie. Is him getting his fucking balls caught on the roof. It's like, that's still gotta hurt. And then you have, like, 
wee fourth wall breaks where there's like the kicking contest between him and <laughs> uh, Rose just kicking each other in the baby makers. And the smile where he just looks right into the camera. And it's the fucking the smiley face emoji almost. Just going, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Like fair enough when she kicks him and the boss is like oh and he's just like fuck it I'll just punt her as well <laughs> and she doesn't really sell it but still he just kind of looks at the room at the camera like I feel better now I'm satisfied with what I've did here oh, <laughs> and I don't I don't have any mere notes after that and again I must have it does actually get nah. wrapped up quite quick, doesn't it? It does, because it shows you him... Back at the fucking... Um, the port place, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Doing his wee, wee... The wee, like, coffee shop or whatever it is. Exactly. Doing his wee woman speech, but he's changed it, and it's all about just, like, Rose and Harriet. Oh, that's because he goes, Harriet! <sighs> and then talking about fucking Rose being the jailbird and all that. Uh, and then the fucking that f- song, like uh, there she goes. Aye, and that's a, I, I associate this film with that song. Anytime I hear that song, I'm not sure if it was like released about the same time that the film would come out, or if it was done for the film, or but like that's every time I hear that song. So I married an axe murderer, Mike Myers sliding down a roof, catching his balls, bing bing bing. All those memories <sighs> come flooding back to me. And of course, Stuart McKenzie going, Heat! <sighs> oh. But, uh, yeah, as I've said, I have exhausted my notes. You got anything that we've overlooked? Nah, literally. I kind of wrote mine around like, the character and then the fucking like, the cameos and shit. Aye. Do we want to move on to uh, the BBT then? Uh, what do you think the budget of this one would have been? Oh, I reckon. I mean, 40. Yeah, it doesn't look that expensive. Exactly. Oh, now, 40 is probably much. I reckon. Let's say 15 million. That's probably uh, low. You were, you were closer. Uh, the budget for this one was 20 million. Okay, well, that, that's fair because there's not a lot going on. Like, yeah, there is. Few different, but it looks like a lot of it was shot on location, and it's the nineties. Mike Myers, like it would be cool to have known how much he got paid. Because ah, I feel like the selling he... point for it. Exactly. So uh, how I much did only... it make? I could only get a domestic uh, box office. I couldn't get like a worldwide or a combined of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, box office uh, domestically only took eleven point five, so it bombed pretty much. Mm. I can never made its money back. So I think that's maybe why a lot of people didn't really talk about it. God, maybe it was coming towards the end of him being the golden child then. Because mm. I guess maybe that uh, getting him right after yeah, Wayne's I'm World. Like, I'm, try, I'm trying to think like, what did Mike Myers do significantly after this before? I will look it up. Let's see. Uh, I don't think he done much because Austin Powers was like late 90s. And that was kind of like his resurgence, eh? Yeah. Let's see. So, obviously, you had Wayne's World in 1992. Then, so I married oh, so an axe murder was between Wayne's World movies. Like, Wayne's All World right. 2 came out the same year. And then there was nothing until Austin Powers. It went from ninety three to ninety seven. So the thing is, he he does actually kind of come across as kind of like a bit of a reclusive actor because there is spells where it's just like he's disappeared off the face of the planet, and then all of a sudden he fucking pops up in like Inglorious Bastards or like Bohemian Rhapsody. Hmm. But yeah, ah, he went from Wayne's World 2 to fucking Austin Powers in 97. 
I thought you actually done stuff between exactly uh, and it might be the way I'm looking mm. at uh, IMDb and it's maybe filtering out TV but no it jumps right at... and it's got them doing other things like the uh, stuff I've never heard of the thin pink line Pete's no, Meteor then obviously the, the Spy Who Shagged Me uh, then Shrek in 2001 uh, and then of course it just fucking rockets to the moon again eh? you've got my gold member uh, he's in a film called The View from the Top and of course Cat in the Hat more Shrek Shrek, Shrek, oh the Love Guru that was one I never really paid attention to I've never seen uh, more Shrek 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 Yolog Shrek's Frillin' Tales there's like Back to Saturday Night Live oh he showed up in that Margot Robbie movie Terminal alright and then of course it's got him for Bohemian Rhapsody as his most recent film his IMDb top four is just the three Austin Powers movies and a love guru what Aye. I mean, throw away his world in there. Put Shrek in there. Exactly. The the guy's got fucking huge franchises around him. Like, okay, fair enough. I, I, like, you can't put fucking So I Married an Axe Murderer in the top four, but Love Guru? Come on now, <gasps> let's not get carried away. It's, they've rated it 3.8 out of 10. Uh, that's, that's I, I don't think it's, it just it it's looked at fondly nowadays. It's probably another one of these ones that's probably maybe a bit like Norbit, where it's a little bit insensitive, because I think he plays an Indian mm. in the film, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, uh, his name's Guru Pitka. So, yeah. Christ. Can he do those nowadays? But, hey, uh, right, so that was... Budget, box office, uh, what's the trivia? <clears throat> um, so during the, what was it you called, the butcher montage? Uh, look how funny I am at the butchers. Aye. Uh, so during that, uh, Nancy Travis severed the top uh, middle finger while being distracted by uh, Myers's antics. Oh, fuck. And like, when it happened, she was yelling, cut. Right. And obviously, like the the folk behind the camera and all, I thought she was just you know like wanting them to like stop filming. Yeah. And she was just trying to say, "No, so they, I've lost the fucking tip of my finger." Aye. You'll know what that's like, Mike. So that uh, oh, aye, you're many, no stranger many, to many, getting <laughs> your tips chapped <clears throat> off. No, 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 no. While like I've been mostly fucking burning myself the past week. The other bit of trivia I got was that. Uh, Sharon Stone wanted the role of um, Harriet. Oh, that would be. But she wanted um, she wanted to play both Harriet and Rose. All oh, right. They'd be like identical twins. Yeah. I. But the studio I... didn't want that. Yeah, I was gonna say you've got a couple of things there because that complicates it a little it could work in favour of the story uh, but then there's also Sharon Stone in the 90s like her her sex appeal was huge whereas mm. Nancy Travis kind of just looked like the girl next door mm. where it, she kind of looked like like Mike Myers could get her girl like, like this whereas Aye, Aye. Yeah. Like nowadays, I mean, it would be like if Pete Davison was trying to hook up with Margot Robbie, and you think, no, Aye. no, I don't see this. This is a bit far fetched. But I, I think she'd be too much star power. Uh, especially the nineties, anyway. Exactly, like coming off a of casino and. Oh, there you go. Just recast the film. So I married an axe murderer, Sharon Stone and Joe Pesci. Ah. <laughs> uh, any other notes? 
trivia? Uh, no, and that's and that's it. And that's us. Um, so mm. I think what have we got coming up next. I do know. I want. I've saved an old file of uh, safety last, the the Harold Lloyd movie because the Blu-ray from Criterion is due out this month in September. So I feel it is a nice time to kind of throw out this old episode that me and Andy did on Patreon way back in the day for like a proposed silent season that I never got around to doing. So All right. I kind of want to throw out Safety Last in time with uh, the release on Blu-ray. I've been talking to a couple of people to see if anyone else wants to kind of do a silent, like a review of another like silent movie if it's like Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin, but I've not really got any further forward with like organising it. So if all else fails, I'll record like a new introduction for that safety last podcast and then put it out because me and Andy do review like the full film. So it is like a full episode that's had a very little amounts of people listen to it. So the fact that we can now release this, I'm happy to make that episode two hundred and fifty three. Other than that, I mean, I guess we could mention social media. I've started to write some reviews again for Arrow, so I've done a review of uh, the Bicycle Thieves. The this was Arrow Academy, so it's like your classic cinema. So this was like a, an Italian film from the fifties, uh, black and white, foreign language, still a lot, all the bells and whistles. So I've just recently watched that. I've started writing my review. So by the time this episode's online. My review should be up, and that'll be followed up with uh, A Trip to the Moon, the George Méliès French film, one of that sort of iconic, like, the first science fiction films there was, and of course the iconic image of the man's face in the moon with a rocket in the eye. Alright. So, it's that. I think I really heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever see the film Hugo? Nah. Nah. Th- that film, obviously, it's all about, like, the wee boy in a train station, but in the middle, like, he kind of discovers George Melies, and it's turns out he's, he's in the film being played by Ben Kingsley, and it's a whole story of his life kind of in the middle of the movie. And it shows you him making the movie, and then, like, the war happens, he gets his films taken off of him. And it's kind of that film that made me really interested in it. So Arrow Academy are doing a special edition. I think the retail price is £50 for a Blu-ray yes. of the film and a hardback book like about the man's life in like a fancy <laughs> case. And I was talking to like, the people at Arrow, well, the the publication people that handles Arrow releases, like, just send me the Blu-ray with like, just, just a review disc. Fuck, I just want to see the film. I don't want to read the book. I'm not asking, like, send me the £50 movie. Like, I'm not wanting to get it for free. Just just send me a fucking review disc so I could watch it and then I'll write about it. So I've got both of those sat on my desk. Yeah, I look forward to watching it just because I've always wanted to kind of see it. And, yeah, it's on mm. YouTube, but it looks like crap. <clears throat> and now, like, Blu-ray, blah, blah, blah. It'll be cleaned up. It'll probably look good. I think uh, it's got both versions of it, black and white and colourised. And I think they've got documentaries on it as well, so it should be like a fascinating watch. Mm. And that's one of the Scorsese films that I've still not seen with Hugo. Aye, it is. It feels like a fucking Christmas movie, really, when you watch it. I think it's just for the time of year it's set at. But it is a good watch. Uh, I think maybe one of the first Blu-rays I bought when I got my 3D TV as well. I just mind sitting with my glasses on watching and go, I could see the snow was in my living room. But other than that, we've got our social media at FAS Podcast uh, for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can see what our posts about celebrities getting older. So usually we get our top five. It's either coming from me or Big Mike. Um, <coughs> I mean, let's see. Recently we've had Sean Connery turning 90, and uh, we had uh, Anthony uh, Wong and. Few other people, but there's always there's always ones I fucking miss. I think 
actually when we done the one for Anthony Wong, it was also the like Keanu Reeves' birthday the same day, so I just went back and just put like a wee capture, a quote, no, a comment on the pictures and also happy birthday Keanu Reeves. Like, why the fuck are they went for this Chinese actor instead of John Wick? What's going on? <laughs> but we'll get him next year. Pretty sure is it? No, is next month no fucking Van Damme sixtieth. Yes, or November. Maybe it's November, but maybe I think we're going to have to review at least one Van Damme movie in November. Mm-hmm. We've got plenty to choose from. I think we've only uh, really done Sudden Death and Street Fighter and Quest. Uh, yeah, we've done we've done Universal Soldier for the nineties season. Oh fuck yeah! Okay, aye. Um, but I will. We will find something like whether it be like replicant or one of his his double, like one of his twins movies, or or like Bloodsport kickboxer. Possibilities uh, are endless. Or we could even do a poem. Or we could just watch kickboxer and Bloodsport. Who knows? Oh, aye, another one. Uh, I've kind of started like a like a beer podcast. I'm not the host of it. Uh, the podcast on fires, uh, Tom KW, is the host of this show, and it's called The Lager Logs, Pints of You with Tom and Stu. It's kind of going to be like a seasonal show, kind of like we'll do six or eight episodes and then disappear for a while, and then come back with a second season, and more or less our focus of the first season is trying all of the random beers you get in Home Bargains. <laughs> so... As of this episode, we've done two. Uh, we've had, what was it? A wheat beer called Ho Garden and a Green King's IPA Reserve. That was our last visit. Mm. This week, we're going to be doing, like, what I, I could only class as the, the old man beers. Uh, we've got Hobgoblin and Old Speckled Hen. Uh. So, who knows? Like, that is the mystery because I, I know pretty much fuck all about beer so it's like an education for me and uh, it's usually a short 30 to 40 minutes like we drink two beers talk about what they taste like talk some shit in between and then just stop it there because that's it there's probably a hundred beer podcasts out there but fuck it why not let's do another it's one of these things that's have developed uh, through lockdown and Tom seems to enjoy it and hey it's drinking beer, so what's the worst you can do? Sit for an hour and have two two bottles of beer and uh-huh. hope that they're good and not complete rank. Oh, see, my work, we used to um, play St Andrew's Brewery, like beer and all that. Eh? Yeah. And then some of the stuff that you used to get was really nice, like on, like on, on tap and all that. Eh? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> usually the boss would go, get stuff for them on me. Want the, had any beer apparently, so yeah, the, like, oh, they're fucking, they're fucking a brewery, no, he beer exactly. Started fucking getting a uh, brew dog IPA for Aye. suppliers, and I don't actually mind that. I'm not the biggest fucking like, IPA fan, but I actually didn't mind it. Ah, uh, it's I didn't think I could, I was able to finish that one. I was like, was that the, the punk IPA? Aye, yeah, I tried it and I could not finish it. I think I bought like a Big ah. 70, 50, 750 mil bottle. So it was like twice the size of just like your normal bottle. And I was just sitting drinking it going, ah. nah, I kind of, I, I could not enjoy it. So this is it. Going through this this podcast, uh, I'm just learning to find what beer I actually like. Because it's just fucking endless. I was like, okay, you've got lager. Then you've got ale. And then it's like IPA, double IPA, stouts, sours. I was like, what the fuck? I thought there was like three types of beer. I didn't know there was 50. I looked up a YouTube video and it was on for like an hour and 10 minutes going through every style of beer. It was like 52. Oh, Jesus. And I think it was just for when we had our trip to Edinburgh last year for your stag and went on that brewery tour. It kind of got the wheels turning a bit like, man. I like to know more about beer, because uh, like that. Some of the stuff that we had there that day was alright. Yeah, the the Pelosi's. I think it was a Hell's Lager, which is a, just like they're a German lager or something. Is actually quite nice, and it's nice that you could find it in Lidl's just now. I find myself picking up a bottle or two, but 
I'm, I'm wanting to try all the weird, funky stuff now. But saying that, it, my my experiences so far is it's fucking bogging. But yeah, so that's just another wee thing which is is a really easy podcast to prepare for. You have no preparation. You just make sure you've you've chilled your beer and you can find the bottle opener and then you're good to go. So if anyone is interested in hearing me getting pissed off of one bottle of beer, it is thelagerlogs.com and the Lagerlogs for Twitter and Instagram. But other than that, that is us. If I was clever, I could have changed up uh, Mike Myers' speech, like his, whoa, man, and just done a wee exit for us that way. Oh, yeah. But it hasn't happened. What do you expect? I remember the, days, remember the days where we used to fucking like, tie in... Oh, the spoiler the alert. Until they could leave Ah, spoiler alert. Um, I remember when you and Andy used to do it. And, like, you were going through, like, A to Z. Yes. And, like, every week I had to, like, come up with a name of that wrestling man and for the, the spoiler alert. It was, like, the feature. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, Fuck all the days. Uh, but, yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck off and tune in next week.